Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions. This week I'm absolutely thrilled to bring on one of, I believe, and his post-rock's finest bands at the moment. They're incredible. They hail from Bozeman in Montana. I have with me the two of the founding members, which is CJ Blessing and Wilson Raska. Guys, thanks so much for coming to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No bother at all. It was always a plan to get you on the show at some stage. So look, it's great to actually have two of you there now because you're founding members of the band, basically, aren't you? I know, Wilson, you took a step away from the music side, but you're still involved, heavily yeah. involved. Yep. I play guitar on the first six albums and now do primarily art, video, photo, all the media work for the band. Oh, yeah. And just as you mentioned there, six albums. I mean, you've 10 albums already, am I right? Like, what a, what a yeah, catalog. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like, CJ, how did you start out? How did Rangers become... Rangers. Like 2012, he and I were just were working together with Thousand Arms at the time, and um, just talking about music and wanting yeah. to get back into doing music because we had been in bands together in okay. the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, right. So it was just like, yeah, let's start a band and let's not do vocals, try an instrumental thing, and just be a studio project and just kind of yeah. Do it and just kind of write music that is inspired by where we live. And so that's how it started. And we got Mark on drums because I worked with him at the time too, um, okay. a separate job. And uh, I was the origin of it. Yeah. So you, you were both in, in bands previously. So before Rangers, it wasn't the, the first band for you? No, we'd, we've been playing in bands since 2004 together. Kind of a series of hardcore bands and then... Yeah various forms of rock and eventually found the post-rock genre and discovered there was a lot more going on there than either of us knew initially. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting, actually. Like, why post-rock? You know, as you said, you'd post-hardcore, you were whatever you were listening to playing in before. What was the attraction to post-rock in the first place? Do you I, guess think? We, I guess I was a fan of Pelican and Red Sparrows. and Oh, uh, yeah. Those were a couple of the post-rock bands that I knew about. And mm -hmm. didn't really know about the broader scene, but there was a lot of, I don't know, we kind of dabbled in some post-metal bands mm -hmm. occasionally, and mm -hmm. this just seemed like the right way to go for this project. Yeah, yeah. CJ, you'd agree? Same thing? It's just, had yeah. you any interest in post-rock yeah, I mean, bands before? Uh, just kind of through Wilson, just some instrumental bands that he had kind of played and I'd heard, but I never really grabbed onto it. And okay. I don't know what it was probably explosions in the sky that I started to listen to and just yeah. destroy you. And those kind of turned me on to the whole thing. And then just the, the idea of not having vocals um, kind of seemed to be an easier way to do music. There was okay. less need for an ego in the band that can sometimes be a vocalist. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. Oh, I guess we've both been, we've been doing concept albums since our very first band. Mm -hmm. And so the, the artwork and the concept plays a big part in the album. So with the post-rock, letting the art do more of the speaking. Exactly. So taking the place exactly. of the lyrics, which I think we've been able to yeah. articulate fairly well. Yeah, fair point, I suppose, Wilson. The artwork does tell the story almost. You know, it gives you an indication where the story is going to go. And the music mm -hmm. just basically follows and it's up to the person listening to to follow that journey, I suppose, you know, I, I suppose going yeah. back to where you're from, that's Montana. No, I've never been to the States much. 
and I've definitely not been to Bozeman, Montana, but your music, I think, from what I've, I've read and what I've overlooked around the area, it's a very rugged landscape. Am I right? It's it's mountainous. And has that yeah. had a big bearing on your sound and your influences? Yeah, I, I think so, for sure. I mean, it's wide open spaces, but yeah. rugged mountains. And so there's that um, contrast between mm. the wide open and the uh, the big mountains. So Yeah, yeah. the first album... Absaroka is named after a mountain range right in our area. And so the initial idea was to write a soundtrack to where we were driving okay. just around the valley here and around the state. And I think we uh, started there and then we've really expanded the subject matter. And yeah, but it's always like trying to trying to aspire to something big. But it's I mean, the Ascensionist has a mountain on the cover. It's very emblematic of that, I think. It is, yeah, and that's where I was probably going to go to next. I, like, I don't want to be skipping all the albums you've done before. It, like, you have so much. Like, every I love all the stuff that you've released. Like, but for me, the Ascensionist was the the post rock album of its time when it came out in twenty seventeen. I mean, it was it was huge. Like, I mean, for me anyway, it, it it hit me hard. You know, did you know you had something special in this album? I think, yeah, because it was like really the first album we did with a full band because yeah. before that, I guess gods of the cup of Kettings was our first album with a full lineup where mm-hmm. we had an actual bass player and more guitars. Um, but then the Ascensionist was like, we we're going to try to be a real band and do like yeah. get together and write in a room yeah, and yeah, do yeah. That, get on the road and play shows. And so I think for the band, it was definitely, this is our first album in a lot of ways. So for it to be received so well, was pretty cool. Yes, I mean, it got unbelievable uh, feedback, didn't it? I mean, it, yeah, it, 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 it resonated with everybody. Like, it, it seemed to really hit the mark. Yeah, pretty all out on the the packaging. And exactly. it was the first album on. It was a double gatefold, uh, 12-inch vinyl. Yeah. It was our first foray into that. So we really wanted... Yeah, I mean, like, that yeah. picture paints a thousand words. Like, you don't need lyrics when you have something like this. And when you bring it with the music, you know, it's it's unbelievable. But Wilson, can I ask you then why you took a step back from the musical side at this stage? So because, you know, from what I've sort of heard and what I've seen of, of the band, it was really gathering momentum, you know, and, and this album was, for me, the big album. Maybe that's just because it's the one that I found first. But why did you take a step back? Uh, well, the initial lineup we had, we had three guitarists. And okay. it was the stuff I was doing was kind of a lot of very minimal textural you know, swells and kind of background yeah, sounds. Yeah. And uh, I think CJ and Joey were both far better guitar players as far as skill level and ability to do the pedal okay. uh, mathematics as yeah. far as. So I think a lot of it was realizing that the parts I was playing could easily be looped or put in backing tracks or okay. something like that. But I've always wanted to do artwork four bands do mm-hmm. the album covers all that but i think the rise in social media and the need to have photo and video and content uh is super important i yeah, think yeah. Important as it is a huge part of it all like listen you know as i just showed there the artwork i mean if that doesn't capture someone's imagination they may never even get to the music you know what i mean it, it has a it has a big impact in it it doesn't mean that you're not a busy man though within the band just because you don't play in the band i mean you're involved full time like aren't you yeah i'm on tour i'm filming we just did a european tour i filmed 
all the behind the scenes of that. Yeah. And we've done a pretty good job of filming, documenting our process with every album. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of capturing the band and that way the band doesn't have to step out of doing exactly. what they do yeah. to document themselves doing it. And I think that's a, I think it's kind of a hindrance with a lot of bands remembering you have to do the social media, you have to do the content, but there's usually somebody in the band that isn't mm -hmm. in the photo. So yeah. I figured yeah. I, have, I have a background in film and photography. So this is an opportunity to really flex that muscle a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Like there is a very cinematic sort of side to, to ranges, I suppose. And that's where you come in. That's, that's where your talents are. And mm -hmm. like, as you said, documenting stuff there, I watched a lot of it on YouTube. Like, and it is great to look back and see the stuff because it's maybe as you said cj and then just don't have the time to take a step back from the music and, and try and record the stuff so yeah he's, right. making, he's making life easy for you, cj isn't he oh absolutely yeah there was a moment where we weren't sure if he was going to go to europe and so i was panicking like how are we going to <laughs> capture all do yeah. what he does it's such a valuable part of what we do so like it's overlooked i think but yeah without him doing what he does like we would not be where we are exactly exactly Tell me, as we're talking about the tour that you've just done in Europe, how did you find it? I did catch you at Dunkfest, a fucking incredible show, as as it was back in 2018, I think it was, I saw you as well. But how was the European tour in general? It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was something we wanted to do in 2020, and yeah. we were all set to do it, and then the whole COVID thing happened. Of course. So it was every year since trying to <laughs> Waiting patiently, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so to finally get it to happen and to do it was it was really great. And there was a lot of buildup for it and anticipation. And I mean, it was kind of just a whirlwind. Well, yeah. It was, was it tiring? Was, was, was it draining on you? I mean, it, it was a big tour. Like, it wasn't something. I don't think the, the tour itself wasn't. I think no. the waiting to get to Europe was draining and just... <laughs> wondering when we're going to be able to do it. So yeah, to get yeah. there and start to do it, it was, it was actually pretty relaxed and a lot of fun. And okay. to go out with Justin and guys, that was a lot of fun. They were a, they were a good band to tour with. What about yeah. highlights, lads? Have you highlights from that European tour? Moments that stand out above the rest? Mm. Maybe on stage or just maybe the city that you're in, whatever. Ghent and Dunk Festival, that was definitely the mm -hmm. pinnacle thing for me. That was a lot of fun. But yeah. really, every little city that we went to was great had its own little and did you get tight yeah i yeah, played a colossal weekend there and that was a great festival saw a lot of bands there um but that city itself we managed to have a day off there nice. and uh it was a great city mm. see that's the thing isn't it? it to have a day off is is like a, a treat in itself because yeah. i yeah. speak to a lot of bands there now and, and they're trying to compact a, a tour into sort of 10 or 15 nights with maybe one day's break in between, which obviously probably has to be done for financial reasons. Like, but you miss out mm. so much, don't you? Because you're hitting these beautiful cities, like you mentioned yeah. Copenhagen. Like, and did you get to see much of the the cities that you hit, or was it basically that case of land, play, and move? I think I think a little more than times before. Definitely yeah. more so than the previous tour. I uh, tried to take the initiative to load everything in and then I just walk around the city and try to get some footage and try to capture the environment that we were in. You know, yeah, we made a yeah. whole uh, tour behind the scenes video that we're working on currently. So oh, nice, adding, yeah. realizing last time, I don't think I shot nearly enough. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you couldn't really tell you were in Paris or you were in mm -hmm. uh, again, or there wasn't uh wasn't a lot of that supplemental footage. So I really wanted to capture that this time and get some of the older architecture and some of the flavor of the, the countries we were in. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
is that sort of a, a personal thing, lads? Or is it something you want to share with everybody online now when, it, when you get it done? Or is it just something for yourselves to look back on and say, fuck it, look what we achieved, look where we've been? It's uh, it's both, I think. Yeah, um, yeah we're not going to tell the uh, official release date of it, but we're working on it. We have a lot of content from okay. that tour that we will be putting out in the near future, so... Oh, good, good. No more than that. You're not going to give anything away there, Wilson. No, <laughs> no, no dates. Very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as I said, the Ascensionist for me was was the album that I that I found you really on, you know. It's something special about that album. And I think even looking back on it now, and I still play it regularly enough at home, do you look back at that album and see it as, I won't say perfect, but are you very, very happy with what you put down? Or do you sometimes look to know because, uh, you know, you are developing as a band all the time. Like, I mean, Babel moved you on another step and Cardinal wins again. But when you look back in The Ascensionist, is it sort of like a, a milestone for you? Something that you can say, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think so. I think each album's got its own little story that mm-hmm. the band knows about. Like, The Ascensionist was definitely got us yeah. to places we would get us so that was i mean the significance of that album in my mind where Babel was you know we spent so much time working on that album and writing yeah. and finding and just really going after it and then we went to el paso to record it and so that was mm-hmm. something we never done we always just recorded here okay so that was fun to do um yeah the momentum on that one kind of got cut short yeah by the covid thing and i mean the ascension okay. took us on two u.s tours and a european tour and yeah yeah, i think it was definitely a milestone achievement Mm -hmm. and looking back it really i don't know there is something that was captured in that musically that is Mm -hmm. i don't know i I feel like that's kind of the quintessential ranges i don't know zeitgeist uh, yeah i'd agree with you i I agree with you i think that's the album that would be looked back at 10 15 years time as you know, when you, when you talk about great post-rock albums, that album will always be there. It's it's one of those. And and that's taking nothing away from what you've achieved since. It's just that I think it was something special at, at that time, 2017, when it came out, you know, it really, the atmosphere in it was was something else, you know. Um, going on to Babel, then I followed. This album, like, there's just so much. Fuck it, there's so much involved in this album. I, I didn't even know where to start writing my notes here because... <laughs> I yeah. had to go into biblical fucking storylines to, to get some <laughs> get some concept of it. But can you can you shed some light on it? Why this concept and where it stemmed from? Um, we had I think we were probably talking about this concept before ranges, yeah. as far okay. as just a story and an idea. It's such a big, I don't know. It's such an epic story with so little written about it. Like it's mm-hmm. wide open interpretation and. Mm-hmm. I guess we had been kicking that idea around for a long time and just weren't equipped to really pull that off. But I think with what we did with the Ascensionist, we felt a lot more confident in our abilities to pull off the scope of it. And it was, you know, the idea of it is the kind of excess of culture and um, tying together Babel and Babylon, different kind of biblical allegories. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. part of the idea was to do too much because it was just, it was supposed to be this, like the concept was to be overwhelmed, I guess. Okay. And so I think we I totally think pulled that off. I mean, it's- that, that was achieved. Have no fucking doubt. That was achieved. Yeah. 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 yeah I never want to do anything no. like that again, <laughs> but it was, I'm glad we did it and that's documented and we can 
try other concepts, but as far yeah. as the grandiosity of the uh, uh, grandiosity, grandiosity so. of <laughs> of building a tower, I feel like we mm-hmm. uh, emulated that in all the content we put out for it. And like you said, went to El Paso to record that with Chris Common. That was that was a big step up as far as yeah. the music yeah. recording and production as well. Mm-hmm. But like CJ, you're you're so hands on with with your own music anyway. I mean. You're involved in engineering of it and the producing of it. Yeah. If there was ever a hardworking band that I could sort of explain to somebody, it would be yourselves because, I mean, anyone to take on a project or a concept like Babel, I mean, and for what what was involved in it, it must have taken up so much of your time, lads. You know? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, take aside just the recording of it. I mean, the story, the packaging, the cassettes, the... You name it, the confusion tongue, the records that followed. And yeah. it, it it's a credit to you. Like it's an it's an unbelievable feat of music yeah, and, and and everything else that go, artwork, photography, you name it. Musically though, this album, it did I think it did step take a step in the right direction after the Ascension. It was maybe I would know it was crisp or clean or the right words to use, but it was definitely more polished. But I'd be right in saying yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, we just we took a lot of time just analyzing every little section of every song and working on it and just putting it through the ringer to get it to where everybody was happy with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. almost points where like was worked on too hard in okay. some instances. Yeah, whereas the Ascensionist was very raw and just written pretty quickly and mm-hmm. recorded quickly. Just yeah, was really natural. It came right after started writing it as soon as we came back from Europe the first time and playing the dunk tent and it was such a big stage and sound Mm -hmm. and the lights and the audience. And I think the mentality for writing Babel was to also write it, to be a very live, energetic, uh, girthy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice word. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was, I think there was like that production that, I think Chris did on it with the engineering. Like that was, we went to him specifically for that sound. We liked what he had gotten from a lot of bands he had worked with previously. Yeah. You knew what you wanted basically when you went in to record this album. It wasn't, you weren't just feeling your way through it. Like you had a, a game plan, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was all mapped out. So. And again, as I on YouTube, I went through the clips of the, the creation of the album. I was looking at the, the short, video edits that you would have had in it and it just shows the hard work that goes into it and mm-hmm. shows how dedicated you are to it all you know again how do you feel about that album now when is that album three years ago crazy crazy yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think the whole experience of writing recording and putting it out and then touring and then just what happened with the world mm-hmm. after that out came mm-hmm. out like the whole thing is just I, I like how it all went. Like not everything went perfectly. There were a lot okay. of things that were like, what the heck happened? And mm-hmm. I mean, things we didn't foresee, obviously, but okay. I like the album story. I think that really adds to the whole experience for me on a personal level with the album. So I, I love the album and it was great, but yeah. um, I mean, there's a lot of downsides to it too, because it was tough. Okay. Yeah. It's a good point that building, I mean, the allegory of the tower is trying to build the perfect tower and then it, you know, yeah. Yeah smitten or falling apart or so there was there were those elements built into our process of doing mm-hmm. the thing which is very like synchronistically uh important so i think we i think we pulled off i think we yeah. achieved something pretty cool but i'm I content think, absolutely, I yeah. 
cut short, but it's that's how it had to be, I think. Mm. Like I said, I know I, I, I don't want to be dwelling too much on the Ascensionist, but I, and as I said, that's a milestone for people, I suppose, when they come to hear the band ranges. But I think Babel is an album like that deserves so much more attention. And I think it maybe just fell at a bad time yeah. during, you know, when COVID came and you couldn't probably tour it properly and you couldn't showcase it as much as it deserved. And yeah. so I just... Oh, the uh, the confusion of tongues where we had the three songs come after, that was already built in. So we... COVID happened, nobody could go to a studio and record, but we already had content that we okay. were able to release throughout that next year. So it's it wasn't the worst thing, the way no. that we uh, mapped that out. It was right. totally confusing and a lot of work, but it's, it's happened at the right time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you've all that done and you've the touring done of Babel, you must have been straight to work again, as we, for Cardinal Wins. Was there any break at all? Did you take time out? There was a weird stretch of time, um, I guess it was... 2020 just with yeah. COVID when they were shut down and hmm. living in Montana and smaller community. I mean, we didn't really feel the effects of the whole pandemic. Okay. Um, so we were still together to work on music, but the, it was just a strange energy that was really difficult to work with. We were yeah. just kind of stuck because we had all these plans and they got canceled. And so it's like, well, what do we do? We, we just put this album out and we we're going to do Europe and tour on it. And, can't do that so do we yeah. work on new music and eventually we got to the point where we just kind of really forced out an album like it was cardinal wins was a tough writing process okay and as a whole but it was i mean it was a grind that i think once again was it was worth the effort and yeah you're saying tough in the sense that you didn't have as big a plan before you started as you would have had for the previous albums that's part of it yeah and yeah. just a, a different um personalities in the band dealing with what was going yeah. on in the world differently yeah. it was just a struggle it was tough and it's i think it i think it turned out to be its own unique album as well we did everything here ourselves okay yeah as far as all recording chris mixed it right yeah, yeah. So it was a different scenario for recording as well but it's i i think cj's made exponential uh improvements in the recording engineering process over the years so i think yeah. it's like I think you're, it's all, a great you're always learning like aren't you you're learning as you go i mean that's the, yeah, that's, that's totally. the nature of the game like but again it came yeah. out fantastic as well cj jesus man yeah thank you another fantastic album yeah i'm really pleased with it and how it was received i mean i think it exceeded expectation i mean i think yeah. there was a yeah. we weren't really sure what was going to happen with it because it was just put it out and it, it sold really well on vinyl which was really cool Every band must feel this like, but after the Ascensionist and Babel, you must be saying, "Fuck it! How are we going to keep this momentum wow. going? How can we create something right. as good? You know, and keep people's attention?" But I'd say again, you've achieved it. I think that's it's, it's another cracking album. Have you a favorite track on the album? Is there something one in particular that G said this is the one that'll hook him? I I felt like it was Deluge, the last track. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. But I don't. I, I don't know if we've gotten a ton of feedback regarding which song was people's favorite, okay. but that was the one. Your music is hard to play it as an album, really, don't you? Every yeah. Ranger's album, I don't think there's a... You, just, you don't go into play one track, I think. When you sit down for a Ranger's album, you, you, you listen to it in, in its entirety as best mm-hmm. you can. Look, I'm going to give everybody here an opportunity to hear some of your music anyway. Um, obviously, I picked a different track. <laughs> Sorry, no, CJ. Um, I'm going to go with um, Solace from Cardinal Wins. Guys, have a listen to this. Epic post-rock, guys. Just take a listen.
Okay, guys, so there you have it. That's solace from the album Carnal Winds from the Mighty Rangers, lads. Hit Bandcamp, check out all their albums. There's two behind me here. I've already mentioned The Ascensionist and, again, the back catalogue. Just have a look. Guys, I want to go away from recording for a small bit, if you don't mind. Maybe a bit of touring, like the post-rock scene, as I mentioned to many people already, there's pockets of them, of fans all over the world. Yeah. Small, small yeah. pockets, but it's, but it's worldwide. Where do you find the feedback coming from? Is there is there certain countries in the world that you're saying, fuck it, we're big here. This is mad. Oh, man, I'm not sure. I guess we're big in Belgium. <laughs> I would I would think so at this stage. Yeah. That's probably the greatest concentration of yeah. post-rock yeah. hardcore fans that you know they've collected the albums. They were this time there were people wearing our shirts from four years ago, <laughs> which is totally surreal to see. But yeah, a lot yeah. I think a lot more support in Europe than in the US, just for, based on our kind of limited touring. Have you interest in going further afield than Europe and the US? Have, or have you been already? Would you look into go, I don't know, China, uh, further I afield? I'm just logistically trying to figure out how to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot that goes into just going to Europe. There's a lot of logistics. and I can only imagine, yeah. yeah. Expensive. So, but, it- you know, we're always open to wherever we're going to be taken next. So just kind but, of... Yeah. It's not a sort of a necessity for you guys. You don't want to say, right, we want to conquer this country. We need, we need, we need to get to here. It's a case of no, logistics, basically. Finances, we needed to need Europe it. at the time. That was the big thing for me is like, yeah. we need to do that again. So now that's done, I feel pretty content with what we've done <laughs> traveling-wise. So we'll see what comes next. Exactly, yeah. Do you enjoy touring anyway? The whole yeah. idea of it? Or are yeah, you studio guys? Yeah, yeah it's... It's a lot of fun. Um, usually I do all the driving, but this last time in Europe, we had Sean Oliver come That's along right. and drive. That's right, yeah. Which was the best thing ever to not have to have any driving responsibilities. <laughs> Jesus, CJ, all. you had a good old time. You had Wilson doing all the film work and you had someone else yeah. doing the driving. Sit back and play guitar, huh? I can just <laughs> stay home. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Touring, like, I mean, it, it is draining, I'm assuming, like, it's tiring stuff, you know? But you can look back at it and say, wow, look what we've achieved. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that having somebody do the video and be able to capture the whole thing, because in the moment, like it's, it's a lot of sitting around waiting to get to where you're going. And then you okay. load in and, and then you play and then you wait until you leave the next day. And I mean, it's, it's not very glamorous, but mm-hmm. when you can just get snapshots of every day and you compile it and you can look at it, it's like, it's a lot of fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. want to do it again when you see, you know, the fun parts. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of the documenting is largely for us to be able to look back on. There were certain albums we didn't do documentation. There was an old, one of our old hardcore bands. We were so anti selling out, anti doing <laughs> promo, any of that. It was just no photo, no video, take the label off your amps. It was like very, <laughs> it was extreme, which, you know, worked for the, uh, the ethos of the band, but it would have been great to have some like documentation of what we did with that band. So. Yeah, it so would be learned, nice to look back. Yeah, yeah, we learned from that. And now it's, you know, if you have the technology, I shot everything on my phone. Wow. I mean, to be able to do that is incredible and just pull it out, capture moments as they happen. Exactly. So it's, yeah, it's largely for us. And if other people want to see what we do, that's even better. I think people do want to see that type of thing. People want to see what, what life is like for you. You know, it's, it's not all it's not all glamour, I suppose, you know? No. Right. <laughs> 
I suppose I want to go on to a thousand arms as well. I want to spend a bit of time talking about that because it's mm. such a big entity, right? I mean, I have written down here, it's a record label, a distribution hub, an online marketplace, screen printing, graphic design. So this, far. This baby is huge. like Yeah, and it's been there pre-ranges. Am I right? Did you mention that, Wilson, earlier? Yeah, I had started it as a freelance design company and it kind okay. of it went through a lot of years of being this ambiguous kind of amorphous mm -hmm. uh moniker and then we started the screen printing in 2011 okay. and then it really kind of took hold and we used the screen printing to supplement all the merch we were doing for our band then to push the the band out there started the record label and started the vinyl distribution that partnership with dunk yeah and uh so we've done we've done a lot of things and what you listed there we've tried a lot of other things that failed or didn't work and okay. so this is i think we're pretty content with that i guess what we do with a thousand arms and now it's trying to bring that back together and really promote that as a cohesive yeah brand. I mean, like you you have that and you're you're running a band and running a thousand arms together i mean the time just takes up you know you, there is no spare time, I'd say, is there? I mean, you must you must love what you do to say that you spend so much time at it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, nice totally. that we can both call it our job. You know, it's our full-time job. It's yeah. a thousand arm. So, okay. you know, it's not working a nine to five and then doing all this stuff. So it's, and, it's and quite how a busy. Busy. how busy is the screen printing going then? I mean, are you printing for lots of bands? Yeah, a lot of bands and then a lot of local businesses too. So we're just okay. kind of open okay. business for anybody, but. Yeah. more music bands we can work with the better because that's just kind of where our passion is yeah and you mentioned dunk as well there guys there, there's a quite a big affiliation with yourselves and dunk you seem to have clicked you, you get yeah. you get you get yeah. each other yeah i think that's what totally. it is we just we just have the same mentality and yeah we just clicked with those guys right out of the gates and it's been a fun working relationship yeah for the last yeah. few years they have a tremendous work ethic mm -hmm. and ethos about what we do the first time he and I went to Dunk Festival. We weren't, it wasn't with range. We were just representing a thousand arms, but really just okay. going to this festival. And uh, we're totally blown away yeah. at mm -hmm. the vibe and the people and the community. And we really had no idea who post-rock fans were doing this mm -hmm. in, the, in Bozeman, Montana. And you go there and you see all the people. It's like, oh, I know all these people. Like, <laughs> I know who these people are. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of shared background in the hardcore punk rock DIY yeah. scene. And I think that how Dunk runs things is just so incredible that we've taken a lot of clues from them. And I think it's mm -hmm. a developed into a really cool partnership. Yeah. It has done. Yeah. I mean, I suppose anyone who's dealt with Dunk, whether it be through the festival or through purchasing records, it, it's a very family orientated sort of a, a feeling about, about mm -hmm. that business. Like, um, right. and, and just like yourselves, you're the same. I mean, I suppose that's where the, the mutual respect and the mutual, whatever you call it, comes, comes to mind, I suppose. Um, a Thousand Arms, where do you see it going next, lads? Have you, I know you were touching on maybe there's more to come. Is there more to come? Yeah, we've got a couple of things we're working on. Just uh, really trying to grow the record label, for sure. And okay. Doing that, and I think there's some possibility with working more of the vinyl and kind of working with dunk pressing and expanding yeah. what we can provide here in the U S um, okay. through them. 
Yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think it's taking our skill set and a lot of what we've done with ranges and trying to do that for more. I don't think we've really articulated that as well with the label that we'd like to start doing uh-huh. in the future, doing more with the deluxe release or limited edition prints or shirts or yeah. Yeah. I think we've gotten a, we've gotten a great response from people in the the ranges universe as far as people that have dug into kind of our more underground releases those cassettes. Yeah. Uh, some of the more esoteric stuff. We have the calendars, we have the currency, all that. And that, that stuff's gotten great response. So I think we can really offer those to other bands that really want to like flesh out their brand or the the listening experience that people have. Yeah, because they are collector items, don't they? They, they become collector items, all these things. You know, they, they yeah. may be small, but they mean a lot to people. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, you, you probably do know, but Jesse Green there, I, I'd noticed there on Facebook, when I see his collection, like it just blows my mind every time and he's still adding to it, you know? And I think that's, that's the attraction of ranges. It's something that you have. So you, you got people involved and, and really interested in more than just the music. It, it's, I, I don't know how I describe it, but it's, it's just so much bigger than just the music. Right. And mm-hmm. I suppose yeah, Jesse, we'll to Jesse there. Yeah. 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 He has things I don't even have. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So Dunk Festival again, lads, are, are you looking to get there at some stage? Is it is it in the plans? I know it's not easy, to, as you said, to up sticks and move to Europe again for a tour. Like, but is this something you want to do again? I think so. Yeah. yeah at some point, I don't know when, but yeah, if we get the invite, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's so the, much fun. The invites are coming. I There's no fear there. Yeah. Right? It was... <laughs> But I can't wait to see you again. And as I said, I've seen you twice already at Dunk, and it's been incredible. But just a quick question, actually, on that, because I know you did a big tour in Europe, as you said, and you ran at a few other festivals, Colossal Weekend and mm-hmm. everything else. What's so special about the Dunk Festival, do you think, that makes it the European festival to be at? It's not sheer size, because, I mean, it's only maybe, what, eight, nine hundred people attend. Is it just the atmosphere? The yeah, that friendliness, community, yeah. Family you said the family oriented the way mm-hmm. that dunk runs things it's just feels like home in a lot yeah. of ways yes and that's the first time we went it was just mind-blowing the experience is mind-blowing it's like mm-hmm. ever just coming home and telling people we got to go we got to go it's yeah. the coolest thing in the world and even moving locations i think they they kept that vibe did it actually add I won't say it was a risk, but it was going to be interesting to see people's yeah. feedback from it. But um, I thought it went down a treat. I was delighted with the, the, the setup. Get yes, to the beautiful man. city, like, you know. Can I ask what's next for Ranges, lads, musically? Have you, have you started any work on any new material? Yeah, we're dabbling. We've got some some <laughs> ideas for here. So oh, there will be more. That's There's all I want to say. Dabbling. The next thing is uh, all the content we shot from tour. We've just kind of had our heads oh, down. Okay. Assembling all that, and there should be some good stuff coming here in the next couple months. But is it all that stuff that you've recorded, Wilson, going to be dropped onto YouTube? Are you maybe putting together yeah. some kind of a DVD or some kind of um, some some packaging of some kind? Yeah, probably digital initially. We'll see if yeah. there's a physical release in the works. But but yeah, mm-hmm. we've got uh, we've got a lot planned out for the next at least the next year and a half. Okay, so we'll see uh, how we decide to go about that. Every album, we like to try something a little bit different as far as the how it's released, how it's yeah. teased, if you do pre-orders, okay. if you don't, if you do. So I think there's still a lot of potential to release things in unique ways. Excellent. Great stuff. Uh, before I leave you go, as I have three questions that I ask all my 
guess uh, at the end of it and I give you a heads up I hope two mm-hmm. days ago on it first question that's if you could do a cover version or any interpretation of a, a song from the past what would it be have you any ideas have you ever thought about it within actually, actually, yeah. yeah I mean I was kind of stuck on that question for a minute but it's like oh yeah the cranberry is a zombie I've always wanted oh. to cover that song it's such a cool it's got a cool song but then I it's, wonder it's like without the vocals like does that song have the impact I don't know yeah, Dolores had a, a unique, unique voice, you know. So yeah, yeah. To, to, to replicate that anyway. But but the riffs are the riffs are huge, and it, oh, it, yeah. it's, you yeah. could do an amazing job with it. Yeah, yeah, great track. Yeah. Actually, there was a local thing on an Irish sort of a compilation of the top fifty Irish songs in history, and that came in as number one actually only last night. Oh so, wow, yeah, yeah. Cool. super super track. Nice call, awesome. nice call. Uh, yeah. Wilson, would you agree, or would you have had something else in mind? Yeah, I don't really, uh, I don't consider myself uh, equipped to speak on the musical <laughs> end of it. Uh, come on, you've four hours a, behind you. you have to. I don't know if you could cover an album cover, but uh, <laughs> see I could, we'll see what I could do. If you could play on stage with a band, past or present, any size band, who or what would they be? I was, I think, Brutus. Nice. Solely as an excuse just to see them live. Yeah. I've, yeah, to do that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their new album again just dropped as well, which is yeah, great. Class. Yeah, Wilson, I'll throw the question to you, but you don't have to answer it if you don't want. I'd say like you, Col- you did pick up a guitar, so you you have been you have yeah. been surely you thought about it. Yeah, I mean, I think Cult of Luna. I think initially it was nice. uh, ISIS. ISIS was just kind of the the pinnacle mm-hmm. art rock band that I don't change the way I think about music in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. So. I'd, yeah, I'd probably say ISIS. Great stuff. And last question, I'll just throw it out there. What, what's the last album you listened to? What was the last thing you played before you came on to see them? So yesterday was Halloween and I was driving my girls to go trick-or-treating. Yeah. And uh, so I put on Rob Zombie's first album for them. <laughs> and I introduced them to that. It's not nearly as intense as I remember it being when I was in high school. Probably not. No, I don't. There's a visual <laughs> thing about Rob Zombie too. You need to see him as well as hear him, don't you? <laughs> yeah, to so. get the full effect, yeah. What about yourself, Wilson? Yeah. yeah, I guess the last album for me driving to work today was Clutch, the okay. new uh, Sunrise on Slaughter Beach. Nice. Solid, nice. solid rock and roll album. Yeah, solid art. Great stuff, guys. That's all the questions I have for you. I just want to thank you so much for coming on because, look, I appreciate people taking time out to come on to my show. Um, so, Wilson, CJ, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. release yeah, of the videos and obviously with the hopefully new album in the not too distant future yeah thank yeah. you thanks cheers guys and again I'll probably catch you on tour hopefully as well at some stage maybe maybe another right. dump, a dump journey maybe for yourselves sounds yeah. good let's make it happen great <laughs> so thanks guys so there you have it lads Wilson and CJ from Ranges check out their music check out their band camp page if you're a vinyl lover and if you're a collector of everything go go check out their stuff there's plenty to keep you occupied that's it guys thanks to richie from the metal cell podcast who always edits and produces a show and see you all in a couple weeks time take care of yourselves bye-bye